0: I said Sunday that it's it's hard to experience what my wife and I experienced over the last few weeks and not talk about it. And um, I am working diligently on getting things together to uh, do a PowerPoint presentation and share some pictures with you and relate some incidents and uh, talk to you more about our trip. And hopefully I don't give it all away between now and then. But it's, I'm just telling you that it is, it is an extremely impacting experience to make that trip to the Holy Land. And to see what we saw. And tonight's message, I would have to say, was birthed while we were there in the Holy Land. And um, we had a, I think, a fairly unique experience for apostolics, being with the crowd we were with. And hearing the things that we heard and the perspective that was put on things. And uh, I think that had an impact. I know it impacted Brother Stevens. I talked to him. In fact, I've talked to him a couple times over the last few days. He told me that he's already been preaching strong on the doctrine because of the things that we had to listen to while we were on our trip that were so blatantly opposed to true biblical doctrine, and he said, I just want to make sure my people know the truth, and um, so it did, it did have an impact on us just being in the atmosphere we were in, and um, so many things that we saw and experienced, really the fullness of it didn't hit until later, if if you've ever been somewhere where you saw so much and heard so much that it just took time to process it all, I can tell you that's exactly where we have been. And every day, seeing so many things that you hardly get over the wonder of one until they're now inundating you with something just as great or greater. And you're trying to process that. And um, it's not an easy task. And so I'm home and still processing. And uh, I don't know how many messages will be born from the things that I saw and experienced. Maybe no more than tonight. But maybe so. First Kings chapter 12. It's a long reading, a lengthy reading, and you know I don't like to do that, but bear with me so you can get the, the entire story here that I want to focus on tonight. First Kings chapter 12, beginning with verse 26. And Jeroboam said in his heart, now shall the kingdom return to the house of David. If the people go up to do sacrifice in the house of the Lord at Jerusalem, then shall the heart of this people turn again unto their Lord, even unto Rehoboam, the king of Judah. And they shall kill me and go again to Rehoboam, king of Judah. Whereupon the king took counsel, And made two calves of gold and said unto them, it is too much for you to go up to Jerusalem. Behold thy gods, O Israel, which brought thee up out of the land of Egypt. And he set the one in Bethel and the other put he in Dan. And this thing became a sin. For the people went to worship before the one, even unto Dan. And he made a house of high places and made priests of the lowest of the people, which were not of the sons of Levi. And Jeroboam ordained a feast in the eighth month, on the fifteenth day of the month, like unto the feast that is in Judah, And he offered upon the altar, so did he in Bethel, sacrificing unto the calves that he had made. And he placed in Bethel the priests of the high places which he had made. So he offered upon the altar that which he had made in Bethel the 15th day of the eighth month, even in the month which he had devised of his own heart and ordained a feast under the children of Israel and he offered upon the altar and burnt incense. Interesting story and I think I think that just a few months ago I believe it was Elder Gross who preached a phenomenal message from some of these verses. And I'm not going to in any way try to go back and, and uh, say the things that he said or discuss the things he discussed. But I do want to talk about what Jeroboam did, and I want to talk about it in relationship to us. So I feel like the Lord wants to talk to us tonight. Amen. And uh, for want of a better title, I'll let you laugh a little bit, but I promise you there's not much levity in what I'm feeling on my heart tonight. And I don't know of a better title than to simply call it "Holy Cow." holy cow that's what Jeroboam created It's what he made he had a purpose behind it he had a motive and he created a holy cow would you put your Bibles down and would you pray saints of God now I assume our sound men are working on it but it's ringing up here I've got a real ring in what I'm what I'm hearing but you can fix that but I want you to put your Bibles down I want you to I want you to ask God to talk to us tonight I really feel like God wants to say something specific to this church tonight can we do that everybody can we talk to the Lord for just a few moments let's let's seek his face right now let's ask him to speak to us Jesus I need you
1: I ask you, Master, that you would hear
0: and help I ask you, oh God, touch our hearts tonight. God, would you use me? I'm nothing. I'm nobody. I'm the least of the least tonight, God. God, I know that I'm not worthy to be anointed. I'm not worthy, God, to be used of you. But Lord Jesus, I stand before a hungry people tonight, people who desire to hear from you, who have come seeking answers and direction, clarification. I'm asking, Lord God, that the voice of God would speak clearly, directly to our hearts tonight. Give us ears to hear what the Spirit says, I pray. We thank you, O Lord Jesus. We praise you now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, would you just take a moment and worship him before you're seated? Let's praise him together, everybody. Let's give God honor and glory in this house. He deserves our worship. He deserves the very best that we can give him. Hallelujah! 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 Oh my God, we need you, Jesus. Harasa yala boho shatta nda la barasa yela baai. sayendo boho rasha tarri andala baai. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Praise God. Praise God. God bless you. You may be seated. As I said, Elder Gross just recently preached from some of these very verses. And so I don't think that I have to take a lot of time in setting the stage or establishing the background for the verses that I Feel on my heart tonight. Suffice it to say. Jeroboam has become king. Of the northern tribes. The ten tribes to the north. Of the land of Israel. The kingdom has split. Because. Of the stubbornness. Of Rehoboam. The son of Solomon. Rehoboam. Rehoboam. Rehoboam decided to take the counsel of his peers as opposed to the counsel of his elders. And that's a dangerous practice for any of us. Well, hallelujah. Are you going to help me tonight? It's a dangerous practice for any of us. And Rehoboam... You'll remember told the people that my father chastised you with whips, but I'll use scorpions. And my little finger is going to be thicker than my father's loins. And he let them know that my father was nothing compared to what I'm going to be. And I'm going to rule with a rod of iron, a clenched fist, And the people rebelled against it and the kingdom was divided. Jeroboam became the king of the ten northern tribes. But he had a problem. He had a problem because the place where God had commanded that the people worship was in the midst of the southern kingdom. See, he could take people and he could take tribes But he couldn't move cities and Jerusalem was where it was and it was in the heart of the southern kingdom and God, the God of Israel had commanded the people to go to Jerusalem to serve him at the feast. And if they were going to continue to serve God in accordance with his word, they would have to leave the confines of the northern kingdom and go back home for a little while and go back to Jerusalem and there worship God. Jeroboam began to fear, and he said, if the people go back to Jerusalem, it'll tug at their heartstrings and they might decide that they don't want to be a divided kingdom anymore. And they might just put me to death so they could reunite the kingdom under the house of David. And Jeroboam said, I'm not going to allow my power and authority to be stripped from me. And so I'll do whatever I've got to do to keep the people Loyal to me. Now, let me tell you that what Jeroboam did involved the religion of the people. But Jeroboam wasn't concerned about their spiritual welfare. Jeroboam didn't care about their worship, he didn't care about their rituals, he didn't care about their sacrifices. Jeroboam cared about one thing himself. That's it. Jeroboam was driven by selfishness. I'm a king now, and I'm not giving that up for anybody. And whatever I've got to do to stay king, I'll do it. But listen, he knew he was dealing with the Jews. And he knew he couldn't just, you know, do as they did in Rome and make the king their god. Wouldn't work for the Jews. He couldn't just create some new god and say abandon Judaism, abandon your faith, abandon your religion, he knew they would never go for that. And so he said, I gotta do something. I've gotta modify the religion they have. Now again, he was smart enough to know that they would only accept those modifications if they too got something out of the deal. They're not gonna let Jeroboam make modifications just for Jeroboam's sake. It's gonna have to mean something to them. They're gonna have to get something out of this. And so Jeroboam lined it all out in his mind. He said, I know what I'll do. I'm gonna give them a God that doesn't require that they travel long distances, a God that doesn't require that they make huge sacrifices, a God that doesn't require that they change their lifestyle. I'm gonna give them a God who will be easy to reach and easy to serve. Now, again, he did not say, I want you to worship Zeus or I want you to worship Ashtaroth. It's not what he said. Look again at his words in 1 Kings 12 and 28.
1: Whereupon the king took counsel and made two calves of gold and said unto them, It is too much for you to go up to Jerusalem. Behold thy gods, O Israel, which brought thee up out of the land of Egypt. It's too much. Your
0: religion is requiring too much of you. See, I, I want to tell you Jews something. I, I'm, not, I'm not trying to get you to change religions. I'm just telling you that you've been looking at this thing all wrong. God doesn't require all of that of you. In fact, here's what he said, behold thy gods. Now, that's the way the King James renders it. But in the original Hebrew, what he said was, behold Elohim. Elohim, the Hebrew term that was used for God. Genesis 1 and 1, in the beginning Elohim created the heavens and the earth. say behold different gods he said look at the God who created you he's not the God you think he is he's not a demanding God he's not a God that requires sacrifice he's not a God that expects change he's not a God that asks you to travel for miles to worship him he is this golden calf that makes no demands out of you whatsoever this is Elohim This is Jehovah. That's what he said. That's what he told them. Behold Elohim. Jeroboam was simply telling them, keep worshiping the same God, but look at him differently. He's not nearly as judgmental as you've always thought he was. He's not nearly as demanding as you've always believed that he was. And the idea obviously appealed to the people because here's what the Bible says. Amen. Um, I think I put the wrong verse there. It should be verse 30. I'm sorry, but the the word's right. I just got the wrong reference. Verse 30, uh, 1 Kings 12 and 30.
1: This thing a sin for the people went to worship before the one even unto Dan and so it became a sin because the people said this is a good idea
0: I like this Jehovah a whole lot better I don't have to go out and pull a lamb out of my my flock and offer it I I don't have to separate myself. I don't have to worry about all the things that that, that Jehovah said were an abomination. This Jehovah doesn't care about all of that. In fact, think about it. This golden calf is going to make our lives a whole lot easier. See, the Jehovah we've always worshipped could see when we did wrong. This one can't. The Jehovah we've always worshipped could speak to us when we sinned. This one can't. This one doesn't hear us when we lie and use profanity. This one is not present everywhere. He's stationary. He's not going to move. If I get off into the woods somewhere and do my thing, he's not going to know it because he's not there. This Elohim, this Jehovah, this God makes our lives a whole lot easier. All we got to do is believe just believe that this is God and we're okay. We're saved if we believe in this Elohim. Right. Come on. Right. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. That's it. That's all we got to do. Believe in this Elohim and everything's okay from here on out. On. No more long trips to Jerusalem. No more sacrificing kids and goats and bulls. No more bloody mess. No more separation from the rest of the world. No more being different from anybody else. We can blend in. We can live like we want to if we'll just believe that this is Elohim. Does that sound familiar? I'm gonna tell you if there's anything that I gleaned from the nine days that we spent with a bunch of denominal preachers and their wives, I, I, I saw it until it, it troubled me to no end. And Brother Stevens, the same way. It, it, it is that, that and, and I know this is going to be a strong statement, but I'm telling you, what they have done is fashioned a God... That makes no demands on them. They can drink, they can smoke, they can be off color, they can do anything they want as long as they believe. This is our Elohim. I'm telling you time and again, we would visit site after site. They would ask those men to give devotionals. And devotional after devotional, they went on to tell us, all you got to do is believe. That's it. Just believe. Just accept Christ as your Savior. Don't do anything else. Don't try to do anything else. They would look at us. They'd look at me. They'd look at my wife. They'd look at Brother Stevens, Sister Stevens, and they'd make comments about all you got to do is believe. Forget all this stuff. God doesn't expect you to make any changes. You don't have to do all that. In fact, one, one went so far as to say if you add anything to just believing, then all you have is religion. You don't have salvation. In other words, if you don't worship this golden calf, you're lost. See, this golden calf doesn't make me dress like you apostolics dress. This golden calf doesn't make me live like you apostolics live. I can dress him modestly. I can go where I want to. I can do what I want to. My golden calf doesn't care. All he wants is for me to believe in him. Well, I'm telling you, that's a far cry from the God of the Bible. Now mind you, they're not saying they serve a different God. They still call their God Jesus Christ. But what they've done is to create a holy cow that makes no demands on them and allows them to live their life in ease and comfort without changing any of their destructive behaviors. Do what you want, live like you want, dress like you want, talk like you want, think like you want. It's all okay with our holy cow. For you see, this God appeals to their selfishness. Well, and that's why they're so vehement about promoting their doctrines. But I'm here to tell this church, in spite of this holy cow that they have created, we gotta keep in mind what in mind what the Bible says. Romans chapter 12, verse 1. I wish somebody would help me preach tonight. Romans chapter 12, verse 1.
1: I beseech you therefore,
0: therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, present present your your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and and acceptable unto God. Listen, it's not about you accepting Christ. It's about you living in such a way that Christ will accept you. The whole concept of accepting Christ is a golden calf. Who are we to think we can accept him?
1: Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14. Follow peace with all men and holiness, which, without which no man shall see the Lord. Without
0: which no man shall no, man, I'm telling you, I'm not here preaching to you about a golden calf tonight that doesn't care how you live. I'm preaching to you about a God that has always cared how we live. He's always been about separation. He's always been about come out from among them and be his separate, saith the Lord. God has always demanded that we live differently than the rest of the world, and God hasn't changed. Paul's not the only one who preached this message. Listen to the words of Jesus himself in John chapter 14, verse 15.
1: If you love me, keep my commandments. If
0: you love me, if you love me, don't tell me you love me and then go out and violate all my commandments. If you love me, my commandments what did he say in verse 21
1: he that hath my commandments and he that hath
0: my commandments and keepeth them
1: it is that loves he's
0: the one that loves me now listen I can tell you on the authority of the true God his word says if you don't keep his commandments you don't love God I didn't say that he said it He's the one who said it. Take it up with him. But I want to tell you tonight, New Life, I'm not here burdened about the denominal world and their golden calf. I want to reach them, I want to see them saved. But my message tonight is not to them. They're not here. We are. I'm worried about our holy cows. I wonder how many holy cows there are in the apostolic ranks. Now, I know some of you are and me and some of you are thinking, well, it's not me because I live the standards of the church. But I want to ask you something. Have you created an image of God that makes things easy on you? Have you convinced yourself you're serving the true God when really you found ways to get around what he requires? Well, hang on for a little while, church. I want to ask you does the God you're serving allow you to go days without prayer? For some of you, yes, he does no no you say in your mind I know I should be praying but you're convinced by your lifestyle that God's going to accept it whether you pray or you don't pray I'm telling you that's a, that's a golden calf does the God you serve allow you to go days on end without ever picking up your Bible without ever reading a verse or two Come on. I'm not talking about our holiness standards tonight. You amen me when I get on holiness standards, but I'm talking about where you're living. I'm talking about what you're doing tonight. I'm preaching. There are some holy cows that have been set up in this church. You live the standard. you got the sleeve links right. you got the hemlines right. you got the necklines right. But you're not praying and you're not reading your Bible and you're not fasting and you're not reaching out to the laws. I'm going to tell you what you've done. You've created a golden calf. You've found out what is convenient for you. You've found out what things you can do, what changes you can make, and you're happy with that. But God better not ask, to go beyond your comfort zone. Does your God allow you to sit in service when you should be worshiping and just sit there and do nothing? Worry about paying bills, thinking about cooking dinner, passing notes, sending text messages? Not backing the preacher when he's trying to preach? Not worshiping when the singers are trying to sing? Is that the God that you're serving tonight? I'm telling you, some of you are. Some of you don't worship unless we push you to worship. Unless we get on you about your lack of worship. You know why? Because you think God accepts what you're doing. But I'm here to tell you he doesn't. That's your golden calf. That's the the golden calf you've created that allows you to sit there unresponsive, unmoved. Amen. That's a golden calf. Hey, does your God let you stay up late on Saturday night and come dragging into church at the last minute on Sunday? Does he? Is that the God you're serving? I know, again, I know there's situations. I know jobs and different things, but I'll tell you, some of you are just slothful. That's the only way to describe it. You're just slothful. You do much better at being at work on time than you do getting to church on time. You wanna know why? Because your golden calf doesn't require that you get here and pray. Oh no, 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 you're not calling him a trinity. You're not calling him by the name of some false god. You're worshiping one God, his name's Jesus. But he doesn't expect you to drag yourself out of bed on Sunday morning and be here by 9.30. Not not your God, he doesn't expect that. Your God doesn't expect you to talk to somebody on the job about salvation. Your God doesn't require that of you. Or hang on a minute. Your God doesn't care if you gossip and backbite and run others down. Your God doesn't care how you treat your brother or your sister. Your God doesn't care about the sharp tongue and the words that you speak. No, no, as long as your hair's right, and you're not wearing makeup or jewelry, you're worshiping the true God, right? Not necessarily. Because I'm going to tell you the God I serve doesn't let you treat your brother and your sister with malice and hatred. Well, I'm preaching to this church tonight. 2 Corinthians chapter 7 verse 1.
1: Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and the flesh and
0: spirit.
1: Perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Our
0: holiness is not perfect if all we have is the outside clean. And we've got attitudes and bad spirits. You know why we can do that without coming to an altar? You want to know why we can sit through a service and never ask God to forgive us for the kind of attitude we harbor? You want to know why? Because you've created a golden calf who doesn't expect you to make things right. He doesn't want you to go all the way to Jerusalem. He doesn't want you to have to go out of your way To work out a problem? Our holiness is not perfect unless we cleanse our spirit as well as our flesh. Jesus rebuked the religious people of his day for this very thing. Matthew chapter 25. I'm sorry, 23. Matthew 23, verses 25
1: to 28. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees. Woe unto hypocrites, you, you hypocrites. For you may clean the outside. Because the cup, you clean the outside of the cup. And of the platter. And the platter. But within they are full within, of and excess.
0: But within. Hey, this is, this is what the apostolic church needs to hear today. We don't, you know, if I got up and preached against going to ball games and preached against television, you'd be running the aisles. But you run the aisles because those are things you've got taken care of. But I'm preaching to where you are tonight. Come on, Pastor. You've cleaned the outside, but you neglect the inside. Read. Read.
1: Thou blind Pharisee, You cleanse, blind Pharisees! Cleanse first that cleanse within the cup, what's platter, in the cup and platter. That the outside of them may be clean also. Read. Woe, woe to you, scribes Pharisee, and Pharisees, for ye are like in the whitened like sepulchres, which indeed appear beautiful, outward, beautiful on the outside, thin, full of but on the inside bones, and of all it's dead men's bones and uncleanness. Even so, ye also outwardly appear You listen
0: to this. Outwardly, you meet every standard of the church.
1: But within, you're but within. full of hypocrisy and iniquity.
0: Look, we saw this firsthand. Brother Stevens just went on and on. He could not believe these ultra Orthodox Jews. And I mentioned the other night or the other day, you know, one of them getting up to pray toward Jerusalem uh, when the pilot was telling everybody they had to be seated. He wanted to be seen. He wanted to be recognized. And he was praying. And they've got to put on their shawls and they've got to put on their skull cap and they've got, to, they've got to wrap the bands around their arms and their fingers and they've got to do everything exactly right, but yet they'd stop at the duty-free store and buy huge cartons of Marlboro's and, 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 and big bottles of alcohol. All of that's fine because they're doing what's on the outside. That's what Jesus dealt with. And I'm telling you, we may not have a problem with alcohol and cigarettes, but we have a problem with hatred and bitterness and gossip. What's the difference? What's the difference? It's still a golden calf. It's still a golden calf. If we're not careful, we too can erect a holy cow. We can feel so comfortable in our holiness because the outside looks right, but we neglect the inside because it's a whole lot harder to fix. See, Jeroboam didn't tell him you don't have to worship. You just don't have to go all the way to Jerusalem. We'll go the distance that's easy for us. But don't ask me to go any farther. I understand that's not the God of heaven. That's your holy cow. Now look, we, we are familiar with Jeroboam's sin if for no other reason because Elder Gross just preached to us about Jeroboam and what happened there. and Phenomenal message that it was. But Jeroboam is referenced in 2 Kings because of another man. A man by the name of Jehu. You know about Jeroboam's sin, but do you know about Jehu's sin? Again, it's a lengthy reading, but I want you to hear this. 2 Kings chapter 10, verses 18 through 28. Read.
1: And Jehu gathered all the people together and said unto them, Ahab served Baal a little, but Jehu shall serve him much. Now, therefore, call unto me all the prophets of Baal, all his servants and all his priests. Let none be wanting. For I have a great sacrifice to do to do to Baal. Whosoever shall be wanting, he shall not live. But Jehu did it in subtlety to the intent that he might destroy the worshipers of Baal. All right,
0: now, now, now get this. Some of you are already saying, oh, man, this is terrible. He's worshiping Baal. No, he was saying this to set them up. He, he was telling them... I'm going to worship Baal, just like Ahab did, but I'm going to really go all out. Ahab didn't really worship Baal with his whole heart, but I'm going to worship him with my whole heart. So I want all of you Baal worshipers to show up at the same time and the same place, and we're going to have some, some more Baal church. But he did it to set them up. He didn't worship Baal. He hated Baal. And so let's read.
1: And Jehu said, Proclaim a solemn assembly for Baal. And they proclaimed it. And Jehu sent through all Israel, and all the worshipers of Baal came, so that there was not a man left that came not. And they came into the house of Baal, and the house of Baal was full from one end to, the, to another. And he said unto him that was over the vestry, Bring forth vestments for all the worshipers of Baal. And he brought them forth vestments. And Jehu went and Jehonadab the son of Rechab into the house of Baal and said unto the worshipers of Baal, Search and look that there, that there be here with you none of the servants of the Lord but the worshipers of Baal only. Now, now you understand what he's doing?
0: I want you to make sure we don't have any of those, any of those worshipers of Jehovah here in our, in our church service tonight. This is going to be just our night. We don't want any of those guys here. They don't believe what we believe. So you make sure nobody in this house worships Jehovah. No, he's setting them up.
1: Read. And when they went in to offer sacrifices and burnt offerings, Jehu appointed fourscore men without and said, If any of the men whom I have brought into your hands escape, he that letteth them go, his life shall be for the life of him. And it came to pass as soon as he had made an end of offering the burnt offering that Jehu said to the guard and to the captains, go in and slay them, let none come forth. And they smote them with the edge of the sword, and the guard and the captains cast them out and went to the city of the house of Baal. And they brought forth the images out of the house of Baal and burned them. And they break down the images of Baal and break down the house of Baal and made it a draught house unto this day. Thus Jehu destroyed Baal out of Israel. The word draught house there,
0: um, it was a public bathroom, all right? That's what it means. You can look it up. He took their church and turned it into a public bathroom. This is how much he hated Baal. He got them all together under the pretense that he was going to worship with them. This is why he didn't want any worshipers of Jehovah in the house because they killed everybody that was there. And he didn't want to kill any worshipers of Jehovah. And then he turned Baal's house into a public bathroom to humiliate anyone that might possibly have escaped. That's how much he hated Baal. Thus Jehu destroyed Baal out of Israel Now, I'm telling you, that's wonderful if the story stopped there. But it doesn't. Read verse
1: 29. How be it from the sins
0: of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat,
1: Nebat, who made Israel to sin, sin. Jehu departed not from from after them, to wit wit, the golden calves that were in in Bethel.
0: And in Dan. See, he killed all the Baal worshippers. He killed all the Baal worshippers. But he still worshipped the golden calf. Because he believed that golden calf was Jehovah. That was the Jehovah he served. So I'll kill all the false prophets and all their false doctrine. I won't tolerate any of that. But I'm keeping my golden calf. Are you hearing me tonight, church? I'm telling you, I'm afraid that's where some of us are. That's exactly the way we are. We wouldn't attend a Trinitarian church for anything in this world. We don't believe that. We wouldn't let anybody baptize us saying, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. We don't believe that. We're not going to buy into the to the idea that we can adorn ourselves with jewelry and makeup and the ladies can cut their hair. And do, We don't buy into any of that. But I'm telling you, some of us still... Have our golden calves? We destroy the Baal worshippers, and then go and kneel before our holy cow. And you know what happened as a result? Second Kings chapter ten, verse thirty-two.
1: In those days, the Lord began to cut Israel short, and Hazael smote them in all the coasts of Israel
0: the Lord began to cut Israel short. Now it seemed to me that every commentator agreed that what this phrase means is that God saw to it that Israel started losing ground. That the enemies of Israel began to capture some of their territories. They lost ground. They destroyed Baal but they kept their golden calf and because of it they lost ground. Church, hear the burden of your pastor tonight. For months now I've been pushing for revival. For months I've been preaching revival. We've seen some things happen. We've seen some ground gained. But I'm telling you, I'm telling you the devil's in our midst right now trying to get you to worship your golden calf. He's got you at odds with one another. He's got you thinking evil of one another. You come to church and you raise your hands and you live the standard. But that's not all that the true God asks of you. The true God said, if you can't love your brother whom you have seen, how can you say you love God whom you've never seen? It's heavy tonight, and I know it. But I'm heavy hearted. I don't want us losing ground. I'm telling you, it's time that somebody rises up and says, I refuse to worship a golden calf. I refuse to worship a holy cow just so I can be comfortable. I'm not going to do it. A few days ago, and this is where my trip to Israel comes into all of this, but just a few days ago, I stood at the very site where Jeroboam erected the altar in Dan. They have excavated the site, they found it. Archeology span has proven that's where it was. Jeroboam's golden calf now the calf wasn't there but the altar was I stood there brother Goff I stood there and we had a devotional there and they talked to us about the wickedness of Jeroboam that he would claim to be worshiping God when he was really worshiping a golden calf. And I shook my head. And as we walked away, I pulled Brother Stevens up close and I said, Brother, that's exactly what these people are doing. That's exactly what they're doing. They're saying they worship Jesus, but they've created an idol that'll let them live any way they want to live. And they're saying this is the God that brought us out of Egypt. This is our Elohim. And they couldn't see it. Because it's always easier to see someone else's golden calf than it is to see our own. But what troubled me is it's not just the nominal Christians that have their golden calves. I'm telling you, there are some of us at New Life. And we may kneel at this altar. We may bow at this platform. We may sing the same songs and raise our hands in the same direction. But some of us are serving a God that doesn't make us get our spirit and our attitude right. Doesn't make us pray never asks us to fast he doesn't require that we read the Bible or witness to the lost he doesn't care what I say to my brother or what I think about my brother not not the God I serve well I'm telling you if that's the God you serve you're not serving the true God because our God does care. Jesus said, by this shall all men know that you're my disciples. By the love you have one to another. Not by the way you dress, not by the way you talk, not by the way you worship, but by the way you treat one another. That's how the world knows whether you're worshiping me or a holy cow. about it tonight you know we haven't had communion yet we usually do it New Year's Eve and I was gone New Year's Eve it's coming soon it's coming soon within the next few days we'll be having communion I'm going to tell you you shouldn't wait till communion night to start making things right You need to examine the God you're serving and ask yourself, is this really Jehovah? Or is this my holy cow? If you can walk out of here tonight with aught in your heart against someone else, I'm telling you, you're worshiping a golden calf. If you can walk out of here tonight and continue to gossip and backbite, you're worshiping a golden calf. If you could walk out of here tonight and not get up tomorrow and talk to God and not take some time tomorrow to read your Bible, if you can do that, it doesn't matter how long your sleeves are or your hair is, church that's not the God that saved you he still requires that you give him everything not just the outside but the inside too is there anybody here tonight that feels like praying Is there anybody here tonight that wants to tear
1: down some golden calves?